How do you spell zoe? Z-O-E. It's the Greek word for life. John 10, 10, for example, he said, I've come. Jesus speaking, he said, I have come that you might have life. That word life is zoe. And zoe life is in abundance to the full till it overflows. Zoe life is God's life. Zoe life is eternal life. You know, when you talk about getting born again, you'll have eternal life. What are they talking about? Zoe life. You're going to have Zoe life. The problem is, is that many of us believers have uh, elected to save eternal life for after we're dead. We think that if we die, that's when eternal life's going to begin. And I'm here today to tell you, Zoe life does not need to wait till you're dead. Matter of fact, after you're dead, it ain't going to do you all that much good. So Zoe life is for now, right? Not when you're dead, but while you're living. Zoe life, eternal, God's life, God's kind of life, abundant life, to the full life, till it overflows life, is for now, not tomorrow. Okay? So, uh, you know what? It is the difference between life and life. You with me? It's the difference between your life and real life. You know, isn't it sad when uh, you, you got a spirit-filled believer, born-again, Bible-believing believer who's depressed and beat up and bleeding and hurting and sad and who just, you know, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Well, what we got there is a mentality that has not been enlightened to the gospel. It, I know that you're asking, how do I get more of God in my life? How many of you want more of God in your life? You couldn't handle more of God. See, uh, that was a trick question, sorry. Uh, um, hands are up everywhere. Okay, here's the deal. It's, the question is not, how do I get more of God? The question is, how does God get more of you? Okay. How does he own more of your life so that Zoe can be activated? When you were born again, you received Zoe, but now you got to activate Zoe and you got to shift. You got to have a, a mind shift into a new paradigm, as they call it. You, you got you to think differently, see differently, live differently, right? The way you live is determined by how you see. How you see is determined by how, what you think. If you're living wrong, it's because you're seeing wrong. If you're seeing wrong, it's because you're thinking wrong. If you're thinking wrong, it's because you heard wrong. You, you, you heard wrong. All my life, I've been in church, okay? My entire life. I spent, even the time I spent running from God, I did it in church. Seriously. I, there's, there, there was a year and a half, two years of my life, I did not serve God. I was pr fairly rebellious and open about it. But the fact of the matter is, is that I traveled with a gospel music group, traveling from church to church to church. I was in church five, seven days a week, and, and I was running from God in church. When they, when they did the altar call, they had me lead it. So I'm the one guy not serving God, leading others to Christ. When I run from God, can't even do it good. Okay, but, uh, uh, but all my life I've been taught, I've heard, I've been spoken to, preached to, prophesied over, you know, everything, all my life. And, and a lot of the belief systems, realize that every action of your life is a manifestation of a belief system. Nothing you do is just because that's the way we do it. No, it's a belief system that you act out. Every action. Every action is a manifestation of a belief system. You want to change an action? you got to change the belief system. I mean, you know, you, you, you can change an action for a little while, but pretty soon the belief system comes back up again. You, you know, so how do, you know, how, how do I know if my belief systems are correct? Do they line up with the Word of God? I have learned after years of intense study and, and searching that a lot of my belief systems is just the abbreviation, BS. Okay, it has nothing to do with the Word of God. It is nothing, it's not going to produce in my life. It's just BS I need to be delivered from so I can have a new mind. I need to renew the spirit of my mind so that I can walk in agreement with the word of God. 
Okay, it's the express service. Don't look shocked because I said BS. Saturday night, I said the full thing. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Some, some people are they're, they're just stopped right there. Um, okay. Proverbs 13, 13, which is the foundational scripture for our series. It says, ignore the word and suffer. Honor God's commands and grow rich. See, there are areas of our life that, where we're suffering. Well, why? Because we've ignored the word. We, we don't want to know what the word has to say uh, about situations that we're struggling in. Matter, matter of fact, you know, we, we just, we think that we're right. Um, Jeremiah 33, 3 says this, call unto me and I will show you great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And therein lies the problem is thou knowest not. We don't want to admit that we don't know everything. We really have an issue when it comes to going to God and, and getting information because we do not want to admit that we don't know everything. We want the world to know, including God, that we know everything. Have you ever talked to somebody and you're giving them exactly what they need? You know, this is how, this is, this is how they, you know, maybe, and I'm not talking about live chaos. I'm talking about baking a cake or something. And, and, and you tell them the ingredients they need. I know. I know. I know. Well, if you know, why'd you call? You know, having a problem in my car, you got to do this. I know. Well, who do it? You know, people with real chaos, they, they come and, 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 you know, life is a mess. And you start telling them, I know. You, don't you just want to slap them in Jesus' name? You just want to slap them and, and uh, you know, release the anointed slapper. Why? Because I know. Well, how does God show you something that you don't know if you already know what you don't know? No, he, he wants to show you some things. Amplified Bible says, call unto me and I'll answer thee. Show thee great and mighty things, hidden things, secret things. Hidden things, secret things, sin things. Things you couldn't possibly, you would never, ever have known. I'm going to show them to you. Why? Because when you know what you didn't know, now you can do what you couldn't do. You can go where you couldn't go. You can touch what you couldn't reach. All of a sudden, it changes everything. It changes everything. Well, you can't afford to ignore the Word of God. If you ignore the Word of God, you're going to suffer. Life is suffering. Why? I've ignored the word of God. But if I honor his word, I'm going to grow rich. What's that? That is increase in blessing. What is increase in blessing? That is zoe results. Okay, you with me? Zoe results in abundance to the top till it overflows. Zoe life is not a boring life. Zoe life is crazy good. Okay, crazy good. Crazy good. Zoe life is, is, is not a, a defeated life. It is a victorious life. See, that's what Jesus came. You've got to ask yourself this question. Your Christian experience, is, it real, is that really what Jesus came and died for? So you could be a bored believer. I don't think so. What's happened? Well, we've accepted an imitation life rather than gone in hot pursuit for the real life, right? We, we got imitation life, and we settle for imitation life, and we, we get comfortable in imitation life because we're afraid that if we take our imitation life and exchange it for real life, that we're not actually going to get real life. Somebody's going to, you know, mess with us again, and then the, the, the imitation life that I got, I'm going to lose that. You don't know how many people are, I'm talking about good, well-meaning Nice people, but they are, they are no more concerned about what the will of God is. They, they, they're afraid of the will of God. Because, you know, if I, if I embrace the will of God, I'm going to have to, like, move to China. 
And that's how our mind works. It, it, you know, the will of God is, is, is on a mission field somewhere. Listen, China has enough trouble of its own. God ain't sending you there. Hello. Unless, of course, that's who you are, right? Your will is your life, okay? Your will is your life. Have you ever thought this, or maybe one of the kids said it to you? It's my life. Ever heard that? Seen it in a movie? Um, That's my life. Right. You got my life, or you got Zoe life. See, in order to get Zoe life, you want to walk away from my life. (laughs) So you, you can have your life, but God wants to give you Zoe life. And there's this huge difference. But the enemy is lying to you, telling you that the imitation life you got, you better hang on to that because if you lose that, you ain't going to have nothing. Imitation. You, you know, a bunch of us are fasting. Uh, we, we decided to fast 21 days. Uh, we're, in the, we're in the middle of that now. We're going to the end of the month. You can join us if you want to. It's easy. Uh, the Daniel fast is not, you know, when you say fast, you're thinking just water, which is probably, uh, you know, in a lot of minds, so that's what it is. The Daniel fast, he just gave up meats, sweets, breads, and wine. And so somebody probably struggled with the wine part, but we can help you out there. And um, you, you just, <laughs> you, 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 just kidding. Um, you, you, you can, um, you know, you can jump in fast. We're, we're praying about the future of the church and direction and insight. And, and you know, study your Bible and uh, fast. You know, you'll find out that even after one day fast, incredible breakthrough victory came. We're believing God. We're fasting and praying for some of you during our fast. You can join us. But one of the things we give up in the fast is caffeine. So when we go across the street to Espresso World to get coffee, we have to order decaf. Decaf at Espresso World, i got to tell you something, it, it tastes pretty good, but it is not the same as calf. Okay? Decaf is not the same as calf. I don't care what you say. Okay? A lot of us have a decaffeinated Christianity. See, uh, the reason some people give up caffeine and go to decaf is because decaf won't make you nervous, won't keep you awake at night, doesn't really, you know, does, it's not an energy producer. See, that's why a lot of people have accepted this decaffeinated Christianity, because it doesn't make them nervous. Real Christianity will make you nervous. God starts talking to you, and he's getting into your business. Trust me, you're going to get nervous. And a lot of people, you know, they're just trying to fit in. God didn't call you to fit in. He called you to stand out. Decaf Christianity won't keep you up at night, but real Christianity, when was the last time you couldn't go to sleep at night because you were so excited about what God was doing in your life? When was the last time you woke up in the middle of the night just to talk to God? When was the last time God was able to keep you awake at night so he could talk to you about something going on inside? When did that happen? Could it possibly be you got an imitation? Have you ever had imitation mayonnaise? Yuck. Okay. Now, now, there's a soy one, right? Is it soy? That's not bad. But some of the other ones, I've tasted some, and it's like you got to take a knife and scrape it off your tongue when you're done. It's nasty, okay? Nasty. You, you know, uh, uh, Im- Im- imitation uh, butter, I don't think it's real. <laughs> they say, I can't believe it's not real. I can't, okay? It's imita- it's Im- I'm a believer, man. I'm a believer. Uh, sugar-free ice cream, what the heck is that? You know, what's well, an imitation Krispy Kreme? You know, what's that? That's a cardboard biscuit. 
You know, if, you, if you drove through the drive-thru at Krispy Kreme, they handed you your box and you, and you took off and, and you, you can still see hot now in your rearview mirror and you open up the lid and you pulled out a, a cardboard biscuit, I'm turning around, right? Somebody's in trouble. I want the real deal, okay? Why don't we do that with life? We got an imitation life. Somebody's ripped you off. Man, somebody, somebody has taken you, they, they've taken you for a fool. You need to stand up and say, wait a minute. I want real life and I want it now. Somebody paid the price for real life for me. I'm not going to accept some imitation copy. I want the real deal, right? Honestly, believers, spirit-filled believers in this society today, you ought to have to backslide just to go to bed at night. You ought to be so excited. So, I mean, your, your, your life is pulsating with the joy of the Lord. Man, we're talking about a life that most of us have never, ever experienced, not even, even in flashes, let alone at a consistency level that made a difference. Well, let's go get some real life. I'm telling you, let's go get some real life. That Paul said, I'm ready for anything and equal to everything that comes my way through Christ who is infusing me with inner strength. How did he say that? Because he had Zoe. Man, he had something to say, I don't care what you throw at me, I'm ready. Now, I, I know how to be in want. I know how to be blessed. I, I know what it's like to suffer. And I know what it's like to rise up and demonstrate the enemy's defeat on a daily basis. See, you don't have to be bleeding and crying and hurting and depressed and beat up from the street up. And you, don't, you don't have to be broken. And, uh, no, man, that's not the life Jesus came that you would have. You know, no wonder our young people are, 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 are being pulled away from the church by, by a society that has no... Nothing to offer. Have you looked at what society offers? Man, they ain't got nothing. They ain't got nothing. Well, they got drugs and they got alcohol. Well, if the only way to be around you and your friends is to be high, then there's something wrong with you and your friends. It, it, the world ain't got nothing. But you know what's sad is neither is church. Until we get Zoe going. Hello, somebody. I said, until we get Zoe going. In him, John 1, 4 says this, in him is life. Are you in, in, are you in him? Are you in Christ? If you're in him, then you have life. That life, that's Zoe. If you're in Christ, then Zoe's in you, right? In him we have life, and that life, Zoe life, is the light of men. The word light means uh, the development. So Zoe life is going to develop you. Understand this, that Zoe life is not an event. It is a process. Okay? So uh, don't let the enemy now put you under condemnation. Well, I, I've settled for a fake my whole life. I guess I'm a loser. You know, no, no, no. You got to realize that, okay, it's a process. When you got born again, that was the first step. But there's some more steps, man. All you got to do is press in. We, here's what we do. So we just stop short of the glory of God. You understand what the glory of God is, right? The glory, that is the brightness, the shining, the, the, the illumination. What is that? That's Zoe. The, the glory of God is when life is really happening inside of you. That, that's the glory of God. When the invisible God becomes visible in your life, right? Well, all have fallen short of the glory, right? Isn't that what the Bible says? I think it's King James Version. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory. Everybody's missed the mark. Well, let's get back up and do it again. Let's ring the bell this time. Come on, somebody. Who wants some real life in here? Oh, 
okay, how do I get real life? How do I get real life? Well, it's really, really simple. You got to walk into it. You got to step into it. You got to move forward. You can't stay where you are. You don't pray a sinner's prayer and then hang on to that and so that when you're dead, you have eternal life. Now, I ain't going to keep eternal life in the closet until I'm dead. I'm going to bring it out now and open it up, start learning how to use it, right, how to activate that life. I'm going to take some steps. Let's, let's get the steps that we need to have Zoe life, okay? Ephesians 6, 5, and 6. Look at this. Check it out. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters. Wait a minute. Servants? I thought we were talking about life. Servants? Yeah. You are a servant, okay? You got to serve somebody. You gotta serve somebody. Isn't that better? Yeah, you, you know, it might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but you're gonna serve somebody. Bam. Yeah, that felt good. Okay. Who are you serving? You're gonna serve somebody. Well, wait a minute. Old Testament we were servants, New Testament's were sons. You know what's cool about being a son? Is you have the right to choose to serve. You you do not have to serve God. And trust me, if you think going to church is serving God, <laughs> you're funny. You don't have to serve God, but you can choose to serve. But somebody's going to be the master. See, John the Revelator, he made this statement. He said, behold, I saw heaven, and the gates to heaven were open. That's good news. I'll preach. Heaven's open. Okay, And he said, and, and behold, I, I saw a throne, a throne, not multiple thrones, not twin thrones, a throne. And one was seated upon that throne. And in the heart of every man, woman, boy, and girl, there is a throne, not two, one. And on every throne, one is seated, not two, one. Who is on the throne of your heart? Is it God or is it you? I know it's easy to say, well, it's God because I prayed a prayer. That don't get him on the throne. You're going to serve somebody. Who is, you know, I got news for you, man. You know, it's hard for us to get kingdom realities in a democratic mindset. Okay, we're, we're under the impression we, we can vote. Nah, man, this is a kingdom. This is a theocracy. This is God in charge. You, you know, in, in, in that realm, man, he says it, you do it. Right? He says it, you do it. Every time you do what he said, he produces what he promised every single time. How does that work? How come it ain't working in my life? It's because you ain't doing it. See, you pray, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How many, how many of you want the will of God done in your life? Well, we all raise our hand. Well, who's going to do it? That would be you. Well, no, I thought God was going to do it. I thought if I prayed a prayer, God would do it. Why are you lazy believers? If I pray a prayer, then God will go to work? No, you're going to go to work. The reason you're praying is to ask him, doing what? Isn't it weird your prayers are telling God kind of what you'd like him to do? Your prayers need to be, God, show me what I'm to do. Don't shout me down in this Catholic priest, big bang head. I should have went to Krispy Kreme. <laughs> I, I got to hurry. Okay. He's on the throne. You're serving him. Servant, be obedient to your master. Obedience. 
You know what that's called? Faith. Faith is not believing regardless of circumstance. Faith is obeying regardless of consequence. Doing what he said, even though you think it's going to hurt. Faith, obedience, obedience. So if you're going to be a servant, you're going to walk in faith, singleness of heart unto Christ. Look at verse 6. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ, doing the will of God. What's the will of God? That you would serve. When was the last time you asked, I wonder what the will of God is. It's that you would serve. Listen, your will, that's my life. That's your will. Remember, a strong-willed child, what's he fighting for? His life. Your will equals your life. God's will, Zoe life. God life. Guys, it's not all that deep, but it, you, you do have to kind of look at it. My will, I get my life. God's will, I get Zoe life. What's Zoe life? That's in abundance, to the top, till it overflows. Okay? I know you're thinking Africa. That's not it. It is your life multiplied. Okay, we'll get there in just a minute. Okay, you're going to serve you gotta, you got to have a servant's heart, being obedient to the master. Look at 1 Peter 4.10. Every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards. Everybody say stewards. I said everybody. Jeez. Say stewards. Thank you. This is for the tape. You know, we're making a tape for people who aren't here because obviously all of us have this all together. So this is to send out. I need you on the tape. Okay. We, every man hath received a gift. Minister as a steward. What is a steward? Somebody, he is not an owner. He is a manager of that which belongs to another. So everything God's given you, it was a gift. What is a gift? A gift is something that you've done nothing to deserve. You didn't do anything to deserve it, but God gave it to you. The life that you have, it ain't your life. It's a gift. Okay. The desire in your heart. I asked my youngest son the other day. What's in your heart? What do you want for your future? Well, Dad, let's see. I, I, I want a really nice house. I want a great job. I want a good family and really cool cars. Okay? That's what, you, that's what your will is. That's what you want. You know what God wants? God wants you to have a really good family, a really nice house, uh, 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 you know, a really great job, and really cool cars. So now, now look at this. Your will and God's will are in agreement. I, I, you know, I don't know where we got the idea that if I accepted God's will, that I'd have, uh, you know, I'd, I'd live in a single wide trailer. I'd drive a 1971 Pinto. I, I, I would have nothing, and me and the family would fight all the time. That's not the will of God. God ain't trying to take stuff from you. He's trying to get stuff to you. He ain't trying to harm you. He's trying to bless you. He ain't trying to push you down. He's trying to lift you up. God's on your side. Your will and God's will, they're already in agreement. The devil don't want you to know that. He wants you to think that God's will for your life is misery. That is a lie from the pit of hell. What do you love, man? What flows naturally out of you? What, what drives you? What, what causes you to become passionate? That's actually God's will in you. Already? The Bible says that he'll give you the desires of your heart. I believe that the desires in your heart are what he gave you. The next verse says, commit your way unto him, and he'll bring the desire to pass. So if you understand, okay, before you pervert it, before you get all selfish, before you, you know, I mean, just the natural desire, that's a God-given desire. Commit your way unto the Lord. He'll help you bring it to pass. So how? 
Look at that. Look at that again. First Peter four ten. Look, look at it and amplify it. First Peter four ten amplified. As each of you have received a gift, a particular spiritual talent, a gracious divine endowment, an endowment, something in you that makes you you. Okay, you you you, you ain't like anybody else. You're you're in Christ, right? If anybody be in Christ, he is a new creature, new species altogether, a new species. The old things pass away. Behold, all things have become new. Amplified says all things are fresh and new. Hello, fresh and new. If you are in Christ, you are fresh and new. So that thing, that new thing in you, that life that's in you, that's a divine endowment. Employ it for one another as good trustees. Employ it for one another. Serve one another. I know you worked hard to get that business, but now, but how did you work hard? With the life God gave you, with the talent God gave you, with the skills God deposited in you, with the mind that God blessed you with. He, he positioned you to fulfill his will. You think that business is all about your desire. Hey, God, you don't know nothing yet. God's going to take your desire and blow it up. Oh, man, listen, it's fixing to get crazy in here. If you'll wrap your brain around this, trust me, it is the nature of a seed to reproduce multiplied fruit. Okay, you with me? Multiplied fruit. You don't plant, you, you do not plant a corn seed and, and get apple trees. So when you take your will and you surrender that will to God and it reproduces multiplied fruit, it's going to be your will in abundance to the full till it overflows. How do I get it there? My first step to Zoe is a servant's heart. A ser everybody say servant's heart. Thank you. That was way better. Okay, five things about a servant's heart. Real quick. Five things about a servant's heart. How do, how do I know if I have one? Look at these five things. And if you don't, start begging God to give you one. Get, get help with a servant's heart. Number one, a servant, a servant's heart will make themselves available to serve. Make yourself available. You, you know what's crazy? A, a real servant's heart will rearrange their schedule to serve. Why? Because they're a servant. That's what they do. I've chosen to serve. I'll rearrange the schedule so that I can do what God's equipped me and qualified. Why? Because I know the secret. Now, I'm going to share it with you in a minute. I know the secret, what this is going to do in my life. Hello, somebody. Number two, a servant will do what is needed. The servant's heart does what's needed. Whatever it takes. I'll do what, we, we do what's needed. In other words, they don't see serving as inconvenient. Trust me. Jesus did not see serving the body as inconvenient. So the enemy tries to get to tell you. He tries to get, to get you to think that serving would be inconvenient. Why would he want you to think that? So you wouldn't do it. Why doesn't he want you to do it? Because he doesn't want you to get what it's going to produce. Well, it ain't got nothing about you or them other people. It's got to do about the promise. See, destiny's called you, now hell's hunting you. Hello, somebody. Number three, a servant's heart sees interruptions as divine appointments. A servant's heart sees the interruption as an opportunity to serve. Happy to serve, man. Happy to stop what I'm doing to do whatever it takes to, to serve because I know that when I'm done serving, something different is going to be produced than what I've been doing. Number four, servants pay attention to needs. They're looking. Looking. Don't need somebody to hunt them down, chase them down, find them, beg them, you know, threaten them, guilt trip them. No, man, they're they, they just looking. Looking for someone. You know what you need to do? You need to start looking. Where can I serve? Where can I serve the body? 
What does God put inside of me? Maybe you're a lawyer. Maybe you're a doctor. Maybe, you know, maybe you just got, uh, uh, you know, great math skills. Okay, hook up with Pastor Todd and help the youth and, and take what's inside of you and see if you can help some kids break through in their math. Serve the body. I'm telling you, man, what this, you know what, you know what serving does? It causes yourself to be crucified. It's going to, isn't that great encouragement? Serve, it'll kill you. <laughs> Number five, a servant's heart knows that no task is too small. Nothing's too small. Often a small task is a manifestation of a great heart. No task too small. You know, when we started the church in Pasco, we rented a Hispanic church on Saturday nights, and, and they had some plumbing issues, and almost every week it seemed like we had to go in and mop up the bathrooms because they'd overflow, and somebody had to do that. And, uh, and we had all kinds of jobs because we had our own sound equipment. We had to go in and set up and tear down. And so, uh, you know, it used to be that we, we'd, you know, we'd get going on tear down, and then we'd head to the bathrooms to get in there and mop it up. And I can't tell you how many times I'd head to the bathroom to take care of the floor, and I'd find Dr. Tim Chin in there mopping the floor. Dr. Tim Chin, cardiologist, cleaning the floor. Small task, huge heart. Just, just serving the body, serving the body. You know, you got to have a servant's heart. Why? Because it's going to kill you. And you need to die. Look at your neighbor and say, you, my friend, need to die. <laughs> John 12, 24. John 12, 24, check this out. Verily, verily, I say unto you, is it all right if we read the Bible? Verily, verily, I say unto you, except the corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it dies, it bringeth forth much fruit. Everybody say much fruit. How, how do you get much fruit? You put the seed in, and the seed dies. Look at verse 25. Okay, we're talking about seeds. He that loveth his life shall lose it. Wait a minute, we're talking about seeds. Your life is the seed. Okay? He that loveth his life, he's going to lose it. He that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. What's life eternal? Zoe life. So your life is the seed. Hate does not mean, you know, it, that word hate there is not what you're thinking. I hate life. No, no, it's, it's enough to release life. Let it die. Okay, so I got seed, which is life. How do I let my, how do I let my life seed die? Look at verse 27. Or 26, sorry. If any man serve me. Let him follow me. Where I am, there shall my servant also be. And if any man serve me, him will my father honor. Your seed is your life, right? Your life is your seed. When you let it die, how do, how do I let it die? I serve it. Look, look at this in Amplified. You got that in Amplified, right? I assure you, most solemnly, I tell you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains just one. It never becomes more but lives by itself alone. This is what the enemy is wanting you to do with your life. One life alone. Right? Just you. But if it dies, notice if. If. If it dies. It. What's it? What's your seed? Your life. Your will. If your will dies, look what, look what happens. It, your will, produces many others and yields a rich harvest. Zoe results. How do you get Zoe results with your life, with your will? You let your will die. When you let your will die, what's produced? 
a bunch of your will. Let me, let me go over here. <laughs> your life, your dream, if you let your dream die, what are you going to get? Your dream in abundance to the top till it overflows. Try it down the middle here. Somewhere, I'm going to have a breakthrough. <laughs> uh, I know you sit there and you go, what? See, the enemy does not want you to have Zoe results in your life. He wants you to fight to hang on to your stuff. Why? Because if it multiplies, you're going to be a huge threat to the kingdom of hell. If you have Zoe results, you're going to humiliate hell on a daily basis. Then when, when hell rises up in front of you, you're laughing instead of crying. You're like, I got enough to handle this uh, on my own, on my life, my life terms. It just takes a little storm to shake me. Zoe life, there ain't a storm out there that can stop me. Hello? My life, I'm defining the problem. Zoe life, I'm humiliating the creator of the problem. I'm, I'm trying. I, I, want you, I want you to take your little brain, wrap it around a seed. Look. You got to stop living like a seed collector. See, we got pictures to help. Many of us, our life is seed, right? Our, our life is seed. So what do we do? We, we keep gathering seed. We put it in bags and we hide it in the closet. Every once in a while, family reunion, we bring it all out and show everybody our seed. Show them our life. Show them what our life has produced. We got houses. We got boats. We got cars. We, we got stuff. And God doesn't want you to not have it. But he wants it to be a production of life. You know, well, that's my house. Okay, then your house will be without Zoe life. In other words, you'll have big debt, empty house. But if you ever get Zoe on your house, the debt swallowed up by the life that the house produces. Check the sign up front. Am I at the garden? <laughs> See, you, you got seed, but God wants to give you fields of potential harvest. You, you're a seed collector. God wants you to be a sower. He, he wants you to see what seed can produce. Oh, listen to me. You, get, you can have a bag of seed, or you can have fresh, hot corn on the cob. You peel that baby black, and, and you take real butter. Not the fake imitation stuff, real butter, and it's melting. Butter is like the anointing. It's like the blessing of God on top of the harvest that you got. Huh? Come on, somebody. The guys who are fasting right now, they know I'm preaching good. Okay. Oh, yeah, the anointing. It, when I was a kid growing up, you know, they'd pray for the sick or whoever come over, and if we didn't have uh, anointing oil, bring the butter. And they'd, they'd put their hand down on the butter thing and slap it on their head and pray for them. And you knew you, knew you were going to get healed right away because you couldn't stand having a greasy head that long. And so I'm going to be healed. Thank you, Jesus. And, and the butter is the blessing of God, man. But let me ask you a question. I mean, can you see it? Can you see the blessing of God melting down over the corner of the cob? Oh, that sounds good. But if you're going to hang on to your seed, what good's the butter? 
A lot of times you got your life and you're asking God to bless it. That's like him taking a cube of butter and melting it over your seed. All you got is sticky seed. You're still unhappy. You're still unfulfilled. You're still depressed. You're even more depressed because after the butter congeals, it's a mess now. So your life is a mess. Where's the blessing of God? Well, it's on a, it's on a seed that you refuse to let die. It's on a will that you wouldn't surrender to God. This is my life. And he said, okay, just like any dad would. Okay, fine. You're old enough now. You want to fight for that? Go ahead. I got a couple of them doing that right now, too. But my life. Okay. You see the blessing I live in? The anointing I walk in? The increase that I enjoy? You ain't going to get it over there. But go ahead. You want sticky seed? Some of you guys, you know what? You're good for nothing. Oh, you're good, but I, I got this for I don't care how much hot butter you put on your seed, you still can't eat it. You're, you're seed collector. Worked all your life to get your stuff. Did it my way. I did it my way. You're right, you did. You're under the impression that God's going to rip you off. God don't want your sticky seed. Struggle with our will. You know what? I got to tell you something. Struggling with your will, pretty common. You could have said, yeah, I know it is. Um, the usher's going to come right now. We're going to hand every family a bag of popcorn. I want you to take this home, put it in the microwave, pop it, and sit down with the family. Dad, don't you sneak off to the bedroom. Sit down with the family. Open the bag of popcorn, and as you eat it, how am I going to develop a servant's heart? I want Zoe results in my life. I, I want to produce something in my life that can be a blessing to myself and to others. I want to have Zoe life. And while they're handing that out, let, let me just show you one more scripture. Um, the one I want to show them, Mark 14. Check this out. They came to a place which was named Gethsemane, and he said unto his disciples, Sit, sit ye here. Well, I shall pray. And he taketh with him Peter, James, and John, and began to be sore amazed and to be very heavy. And when uh, he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. And he pressed on a little farther and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he cried, saying, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but thou will. Okay, leave that one up for just a minute. Realize this passage of Scripture is an insight, a picture of Jesus struggling with his will. He's not wanting to do what God's asked him to do. He's saying, he's saying hey, man, if it's at all possible, change it. You know what I think he did? I think he took those, he knew those guys pretty well. And he took them up there knowing they're going to fall asleep. And I think he did it so he could say, hey, Dad, look at who you want me to die for. Sleepers. Look, look at what I'm going, look at the crew that I'm going all the way, to, you know, to the, to the end for. Look at them. 
They can't even hang in the prayer meeting. They don't deserve it. They aren't worth it. It's not right. I'm doing all the painful effort here. Just like you. The people that God's asking you to serve, they don't deserve it. When was the last time they did anything for me? How come I'm always the one having to put out the evidence? How come it's always me? It's just like you and me. He cried, Abba, Father, Daddy, please. Ever had one of your children come to you begging you not to make them do what you knew that they had to do? But you knew that if they didn't do what they had to do, they wouldn't get the result that they had to get? So what you do as a parent, if you're a good parent, you made them do it. Please, Daddy, please don't make me do that. You're going to do it. You're going to do it. Please, please, Daddy, please, please, please don't make me grab my ankles. You're going to grab them. Please, Dad, you, it doesn't have to. I promise, I promise I'll never do it again. Son, we got to learn. Please don't make me get up and go to work. This is your, you know, you talking to your wife tomorrow. <laughs> Please. And she says, you're going to work. Why? Because you're getting the result that you committed to. This is the pathway. To get the promise. To get the promise. There's, there's only one way. You're going to do it. Look at what he says. Th- this scripture right here blows my mind. He said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto you. Take away this cup. You know what he said there? You can take it away. God, you're God. You can, you can, you can change this. All things are possible for you. Nevertheless, here's a word you you might want to learn. Nevertheless. I know you want me to forgive them, but the wound they hurt me with is deep. They abused me. They broke me. They lied to me. They betrayed me. I don't want to forgive them. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours. Because I know that your will is my will multiplied in abundance to the full till it overflows. I I know that your will is my dream in vivid color. Right now I'm living in black and white. God wants to take you to the IMAX and show you what life could really look like if you'd surrender your will. How How do I take the seed of my life, my will, how do I take my will and let it die? You develop a servant's heart. That's the first step towards real life. See, you got something in your body. I know this is going to sound crazy to you. You got some sickness in your body. And you just can't seem to get it off. You've told God how to do it. No, no, you can't be God. You're going to serve God. So what you have to do is you have to come and you have to say, you know what? I know you're a healer. And I know Jesus bore sickness so I wouldn't have to. So I realized 
I, I don't have to learn to live with this. But, Father, I'm going to give this to you. And instead of talking about it, instead of shining the light of revelation onto it, instead of defining it and describing it and sharing it, I'm going to let it die. And I'm going to leave it right there. And I'm going to go over here and start acting like a believer. And I'm going to do what you've asked me to do, even in spite of the things inside of my body. And I'm going to believe that when I'm done letting that my will die, that your will, which is my will, which is hell, only in abundance to the full till it overflows. See, there's a reason the enemy has you struggling in your, fina- in, in your physical condition. Because when healing comes to you God's way, you're not going to only be healed, but you're going to have more healing than you can contain. So that when you have more healing than you can contain, then other people around you are going to begin to get healed off the healing surplus that come off of you. See, I know that your financial situation is tough, but when you let your will regarding finances die and you say, I'm going to do what you told me to do in the Word of God, and I'm just going to let my brain and my thought, my plan, I'm going to let my plan die because I realize that your plan is my plan in abundance to the full till it overflows. So I'm just going to believe you, trust you, and I'm going to watch you have Zoe results in my finances. In my marriage, instead of fighting and bickering, I'm going to learn to love and speak life. And instead of telling you how to make my wife submit, I'm going to let that, I'm not going to let my wife die, I'm going to let my will die. So that I get your will, which is the dream I have about a family, only it's in abundance to the full till it overflows. I'm going to get Zoe results. My, in my life. Not my life, but in my life. The Zoe life. I'm not going to be tricked by a fake imitation. Some cheap secondhand copy. I'm going to get the real deal. Hello? I might struggle with my will. Jesus did. But I'm going to learn a new phrase. Nevertheless. God, you know what I want. Trust me, God knows what you want. You told him. You told him. You told him. And Crowley told him again. He knows what you want. He knows the desire in your heart. You know why? He put it there. He knows the dream. He knows the vision. He, he knows the hopes, the aspirations. He made you. It doesn't seem right that I need to let it die. Tell Jesus that. Now, Jesus is a pretty good example that there might be some suffering involved in the journey. But there's also going to be incredible cause to rejoice in the end. The final outcome, so much better than your current condition. But you got to accept Zoe life. You don't keep eternal life for when you're dead. Step into it now. Enjoy life. John 10, 10, the Amplified. The thief cometh not but for a kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that you might have and enjoy life in abundance to the top till it overflows. Why not enjoy life? I mean, Zoe. Let me close with this thought. You may have never experienced a Krispy Kreme right off the thing. This is for all the fasting people. You may have never walked inside when the sign is red letters, this is hot now. Walked up there and, and you saw the little belt going by. 
covered with precious little donuts, going under a shower of melted sugar, coming out the other side glistening as if they'd been baked on a beach somewhere. Opened your mouth and slid it in and had it melt in your mouth. And it tastes, ooh, so good. And if you've never tasted it and you stopped out in front of a Albertsons and bought a box of Krispy Kremes on a cold morning and you pulled that little thing out and you bit into it and it exploded and crumbled and fell into the box. You, you know, if, if you never had the fresh and now, you might have one and think, it's not all that good. But if you ever have that fresh thing, that's the memory that comes back to you every time you have one of them cold, hard rockets. It reminds you of that fresh, hot one. See, if you've never tasted it, you don't know. The Bible says, taste and see. The Lord is good. I want to encourage you today. Taste. Try Zoe. One area of your life. I double dog daily. Try Zoe. One area. One area of your life. I'll bet you never go back to cardboard biscuits again. You close your eyes and bow your heads. I just want to pray for you.